morning and we go by way of television and radio and all kinds of Facebook and other means of communication. Uh, our sound system is a little limited this morning. Seems like we're not coming through quite as strong. So we have a little more volume this morning. Um, our opening hymn this morning is a glorious declaration of our faith in Christ and coming to meet your joy to the world.
Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My name is Tom Demery, and my parents were Jim and Ethel Demery. And way back in 1953, when they came here, they started worshiping in that building over there. And when I walked back in here this morning, I saw the 1962 plaque outside the building when the sanctuary was built. So coming back here, there are some things in life you never forget, and that's how I get to church on Sunday. And this was my first church, and I, right now, with the passing of my mother, I, I'm very grateful for my mom and dad and the job they did of raising us kids. And I, at this point in my life, I, I feel compelled to reiterate what I've always felt all along, and that's I believe in God and have accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I find that when, when things are going well, I'm not too mindful of the good Lord's presence. But when things are going terrible, that's when I start praying. And I realize that at any time, you can always pray to the good Lord about anything you want to. And it's not as, as though that you can appreciate a beautiful day. You can listen to music on the radio and appreciate the singer's voice. But it, it's all a part of life. Everything that you can appreciate, being a Christian, makes you that more appreciative. And I'm very grateful to come back here. I'm very grateful to see Reverend Tabor again. It's good to be back in church and see folks still worshiping here. So hallelujah, it's alive. Amen. Give uh, Tom a round of applause there. Ethel's favorite child. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this morning we we grieve Ethel's passing. Fine Christian who greatly loved her country and her Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And may we all resolve this. New Year's Eve Day, Sunday, may we resolve to forgive, to, to pursue peace, to flee self-pity, to be happy anyway, to encourage others to reject negativity, to, to stand against sin, to give thanks always, to be a witness for Jesus, to give and live one day at a time, to weep to weep with those who weep, to sing, to pray, to rejoice, to guard the words of our mouths, to believe the best is yet to be, to find something good in everything, as Ethel would say, to let the past be just that, the past, to have hope in spite of circumstances, to fill our days with meaning and purpose, to joyfully expect at any moment the return of Jesus. In Ethel's nearly 102 years of life here upon earth, she was my chaplain at Lee Square and she coordinated the, the Bible studies and made sure that people were, were reminded a day or two in advance and even an hour or so in advance and that we had very good attendance. We thank you for the care that she received. We thank you for her faithful stewardship to this church, her prayers. We thank you for the tremendous legacy that she, the Afghans and the service individuals that were just overwhelmed by her generosity. And I remember many occasions on a Sunday morning when she'd complete that Afghan and we presented our military personnel. And when I first came here and we started honoring our, our vets and we had almost 30, 40 individuals at the front of our church and over the 25, 26 years we dwindled down to just a few. We thank you for the faithful service of Lieutenant Thank you for the faithful service of those who still serve our country in law enforcement and other means of encouraging our country. 
We pray, O oh Lord, that as we worship today, we pray for other members of the sanctuary. We pray for Jay Hoff and the gathering, the gathering is chosen not to worship today. We thank you for the ongoing ministry of the gathering and Jay Hoff. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would remind us again and again that, that you call on us to be encouragers. That this new year is to be a, a year that brings myriads, mem many memories of not only the legacy of those who have gone before us, we remember as children, New Year's Eve was a, was a night that we were allowed to stay up late and watch the ball drop in Times Square television. And last night, as I observed that services from various television programs, and on Fox, they recorded many of the significant events of the year. The countdown of the last second had many hearts pulsating when the magical moment arrived, there was a squill of delight and celebration which was followed by more Christmas, Christmas leftover munchies. And we'd play until our family collapsed into a deep sleep. Many memories that brings us to this year 2023. And I recall between the ages of 12 and 22 New Year's Eve was spent at all-night youth parties and friends, games, food, fun, and noisemakers, and we, we prided ourselves that we could stay up the whole night. It was all stop-sound action. In the years between 22 and 40 brought a change to the festivities. On New Year's Eve, Chris and our family were involved in watch night services somewhere around. And we wanted to play and remember the many blessings of God during the past year. And then we'd often get physically and emotionally exhausted trying to arm wrestle our children into a semblance of control for the past few hours. And I must admit, some years it was a chore to enter into the new year refreshed and praising the Lord. Now that as we enter into our 70s, just the thought of staying up until midnight had many challenges last night to celebrate the New Year's Eve. Instead of anticipating the famous midnight moment in Times Square with food and snacks, we, we visualized maybe a tablespoon of Maalox or Alka-Sauce dropped into a cup of water accompanied by herbal tea to soothe our stomach for a good night's sleep. And we ask ourselves as we worship today and enter into this glad and glorious promising year 2023, doesn't age, doesn't age creep up on us, bringing change within it and forcing us to live life differently and celebrate life more seriously? And I remember all the conversations and prayers I had with Ethel and Emory family and Tom. How quickly time passes, even when you're granted nearly 102 years. I recently read about one family who held a ritual every New Year's Eve called Leap into the New Year. And just before the midnight, they would all stand on chairs, and when the clock struck midnight, they would all leap off the chairs, and symbolizing their leap into the new year. And I would say, the way I feel now at this age, if I was able to stay awake long enough to get up on, on the chair high enough, it would be my luck to fall hard enough to break. As we enter into this great year of 2023, we would like 
share a number of gems about prayer and encouragement. We, we really believe that prayer changes things and, and changes people. And nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer except that which lies outside of the will of God. Prayer is the fabric of life that that we as our future, no one is greater than their private prayer life. Prayer and praise raises us into the very presence of God. And our prayer life is the foundation of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, as we enter into this new year, and may this year be a, a year of obedience. Obedience just as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ obeyed his heavenly father we pray this morning lord your discernment in the coming year as you taught your followers to pray reading together the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As Mike comes to the mic, let us turn in our scripture lesson to Luke chapter 2, verses 21 and following. Chapter 2. This week in one. We're going to be deciding on the, we decided on the location here, and all of that, and we're kind of looking, leaning towards a Wednesday that we're going to accommodate. I have a funeral service on Thursday, and we have various churches coming on our, our Tuesday with their ministers and staff. So, and I'll use the all call to inform you. Reading now from Luke chapter 2, verses 21 and following, where Jesus, his name, not only is he named, but he's, he's emphasizing the importance of, of being obedient to God. Reading from God's word, after eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, Jesus then, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. God is a God of pro-life, not pro-death. Babies should be given choices of life too. And the name given by the angel before Jesus was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And he offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. May God bless the reading and hearing of the word. Reading. Good morning, Happy New Year, brothers and sisters. On the eight days after his birth, Mary and Joseph brought the miraculously conceived child Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. Here was to be circumcised and also be given the name. His circumcision was established in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. Joseph and Mary carefully followed every aspect of the law. Jesus' name was given to the couple by an angel in Luke chapter 1, verse 31. And literally means, Jesus literally means, God saves. The circumcision fulfilled the law and signified the covenant relationship God established with Abraham in Genesis 17. Despite Jesus not being born into sin or needing it, he was required to fulfill every aspect of the law, his father's law. So he was circumcised anyway. Though he never needed to observe anything that would mark him as a sinner, these things were to be accomplished. Like he stayed on behalf of him to fulfill God's law. Verse 22 says, 
And when the time came for purification according to the law of Moses, and then almost as a side note, Luke 20, Luke 2, chapter 4, last chapter 2, verse 23 says, Tell us every male born or woman shall be called holy to the Lord. Verse 24, when that sacrifice at the temple, at the temple was to be given to the Lord, commemorating his birth. The law required, that law required, sacrifice of birds upon the birth of the first male. These birds would either be two turtle doves or pigeons. Turtle doves were not in the financial realm of Mary and Joseph, so that their sacrifice had to be two pigeons. Realize that this sacrifice that they gave the birds was not for sin, but it was symbolic restoration of purity towards God. Don't dismiss the fact that the, being, the Lord's beginnings were humble. Like the man God teaches himself, no matter where we go or what we accomplish, the greatest honor we can show the Lord, aside from faith, is humility. When we're humble, we're replicating Jesus Christ for the sacrifice of an individual of us. We do it for the man that created the behavior for ourselves. We do it for the witness of others. We do it for the man that created us and died a perfect death to restore us to God's family. We're not just people, we're not just human beings walking figure. We're sons and daughters of the Almighty God because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Jesus set us an unerring, did not err ever, an unerring example for us to follow and replicate our own lives. Because our humility exalts Him. Our humility. When you're humble, you're not bringing glory upon yourself. You're showing others how Jesus would act. So faith and humility are number one and two to following Jesus. If you don't have faith, you're not a follower. If you don't act humble towards others, you can't be seen as a follower. Those those are the most important things we have while we're walking this planet. Show our faith and humility. Not for ourselves, but for Jesus towards others. Thank you. Mike, I, I believe you played a little ball in your day. Yeah. You played a little ball in your day? Yeah. You know what? I played all sports, high school and college as a Hall of Famer. I was thinking about the Vikings, but I only had one problem. No, not good enough. But, you know, one of the things that we, opposing team was a crying towel. Have you ever been given a crying towel? Yeah. Okay, would you like to have another one?
what's today? What's today is a world that will be notified and um, <clears throat> I already kind of know that Ethel's uh, favorite soloist was Lee Gross and she had talked to Lee and Lee had passed away but the lateral, lateral gift to our congregation is here in Kathy and you know if they would be willing to provide the music and, and I think that um, Clarice is probably still working so but we'll take care of all the logistics and the mechanics of the service to make sure that wishes of Ethel are followed. Well the first point which demands our attention in this, this um, passage of scripture is obedience. And it's something that I believe that God has really registered in my heart that this coming year, this coming year of 2023, we gotta focus in on obedience. Obedience in our relationship to Christ and obedience in our relationship to church and obedience in relationship to one another if you're married and the spouse if you live in a neighborhood trying to be obedient to what God has called you to and render your service to God and country. But here we find the obedience which our Lord rendered, rendered as, a, as an infant, infant to the Jewish law. We read of Jesus being circumcised on the eighth day. Now that's probably not a very pleasant experience for males to go through. But it's the earliest fact which is recorded in the history of Jesus. It's a mere waste of time to speculate, as some have, about the reason why our Lord submit, submitted to circumcision. We know that, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, that in Jesus was no sin, there was no original sin, no actual sin, that his being circumcised, which was something that was of the order and law of Moses and the Jews, was was an acknowledgement that there was there is a tendency to corruption, corruption in the heart. And as New Testament people, we believe that our hearts have to be circumcised, that we have to be clean and cleansed from the hardness of our hearts and, and willingness for us to be wayward in our own actions. And it's so important for us to have daily devotions with Christ and daily devotions with our Lord and Savior through Scripture. And we find that it was not a confession or an inclination or a need of grace to, to mortify the deeds of his flesh, much like we need to mortify the deeds of our flesh, take everything under control by the Spirit of God. All this should be carefully borne in mind. And let it suffice to remember that our Lord's circumcision was a public. It was a public testimony to Israel that according to the flesh, he was a Jew. He was a Jew, made of Jewish woman, and he was made under the law according to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And without it, he would not have fulfilled the law's requirements. Jesus came not to do away with the law, and the prophets, but to fulfill them. And without it, he could not have been recognized as the son of David and the seed of Abraham and the importance of history. And let us remember, furthermore, that circumcision was absolutely necessary before our Lord could be a teacher, a rabbi, and be recognized in Israel. And without it, he would have had no place in any lawful Jewish assembly and no right to any Jewish ordinance. And without it, he would have been regarded by all Jews as nothing better than an uncircumcised Gentile, an apostate, apostate of faith and folly. Let our Lord's submission, we talked about the importance of submission in our Sunday school class today, May obedience be found among Christ's followers. We are called to be the remnant, the remnant of true followers of Jesus Christ. In the last days, we're called to be 
followers of Jesus Christ to be obedient, to be submissive to an ordinance which he did not need for himself, but it be a lesson to us in our daily life, the importance of daily fellowship, and let us endure much rather than increase the offense of the gospel or hinder in any way the cause of God. But the words of St. Paul deserve frequent pondering. Though I be free, though I be free from all, yet have I made myself servant, servant unto all, that I might gain the more, and, and unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain as Jews, and to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them under the law. The first Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 22, reminds us that I am made all things. I am made all things to all, that I might by all be need save others. The importance of our testimony and how we live for Christ. And the person who wrote these words walked very closely in the footsteps of his crucified master, Jesus. Well, the second point which demands our attention in this passage is the name, the name by which our Lord was called by God's special command. It was a command. His name was called Jesus, which was so named by the angel before he was even conceived in the womb. Jesus. The word Jesus means Savior. Say it with me. Jesus. Jesus saved you. And it is the same word Joshua in the Old Testament. And you travel to Israel and you find that many individuals I've had friends that have been named Jesus and biblical names. It's very striking and instructive is the selection of this name because the Son of God came down from heaven to be not only the Savior, but the King, the lawgiver, the, the prophet, the priest, the, the judge of all fallen humanity. And had he chosen any one of these those titles, he would only have chosen that which was his very own. But he passed by them all, and he selects a name which speaks of mercy, a, a name, Jesus, which speaks of grace and help and deliverance for a lost world. Many times I've been at the bedside of a dying person, and they were limited in their vocabulary and the words that they could say, but they could always say Jesus. Always say Jesus. And as they left this world into the next world, the last words, Jesus, were on their lips. Let he, our Jesus, our Savior. This is the question on which our salvation turn, turns. Let it not content us to know Christ as one who wrought just mighty miracles and spake as never another person spoke. Or to know, know him as one who is very God and will one day come to judge the whole world. Let us see that we know Jesus experientially. Experientially as our deliverer from the guilt and the power of sin and our redeemer from Satan's bondage. And let us always strive to be able to say, this is my friend. This is my friend. I am in a relationship with Christ. Jesus. May we say I was dead and he gave me life. I was a prisoner and he set me free. Precious indeed is the name of Jesus to all true believers. It's an ointment. Ointment poured forth. It restores them whose conscience is troubled. It comforts them when they are cast down and smooths their, their pillows in sickness. It supports them in the hour of death and according to the book of Proverbs, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. A strong tower. The righteous runneth into it, and they are saved in the name of Jesus. And the last point which demands our attention in this passage is that the very poor and the humble 
condition of our Lord's mother, the Virgin Mary. Now this is a fact which at first sight may not stand out clearly in the form of these verses. But it's a reference to the 12th chapter of Leviticus which makes it plain that there, that there we shall see that the offering which Mary made was specially appointed to be made by poor people. Poor people. Leviticus chapter 12 verse 6 says, If she be not able to bring a lamb, then she should bring two turtles or two young pigeons. In short, her offering was a public testimony, a public declaration that she was poor according to the standards of the world. Poverty it is manifest was our Lord's portion upon earth from the days of his earliest infancy. Jesus was nursed. Jesus had his diapers changed and tended as a baby by a poor woman, a poor woman. He passed the first 30 years of his life on earth under the roof of a poor, poor woman and a poor family. And we need not doubt that he ate the poor man's food and, and wore a poor man's apparel and, and he worked the poor man's work and he shared in all a poor man's troubles. And such condescension, such condescension is, is truly marvelous. Such an example of humility passes our complete understanding. And facts, facts like these ought often to be laid to heart by, by poor people, help us to silence murmuring and complaining and go forth and reconcile them to their, their own hard lot. The simple fact that Jesus was born, born of a poor family and lived in all of his life on earth among poor people, ought to silence the common argument that religion is not for the poor. And above all, it ought to encourage every poor believer and all their approaches to the throne of grace in prayer. May our objective in 2023 be one not only of obedience, but of prayer. And let us remember that in all our prayers that this mighty, mighty mediator in heaven is accustomed to poverty and knows by experience the heart the heart of a poor person. And what would it be for the world if working, working ones could only see that Christ is the true poor man's friend? Father, this morning, with every head bowed, every eye closed, those by way of television and radio and Facebook, other means of communication, there are many ways in which we can position ourselves and to experience the loving presence of God in our lives. We can pray, we can meditate, we can read the scriptures, and of course we can participate ever more deeply in the experience of worship. These are all New Year's resolutions, and there are still other ways in which God's love becomes real to us, which leads us into one of the biggest paradoxes of our faith, one which so many of us find extremely difficult to grasp. The paradox is this, that many times in our lives, uh, the very best way to make the inward journey to God is through the outward journey to others. The best way to experience God's merciful love is to show mercy to others. Or as one of the early church fathers said so beautifully by putting two of Jesus' best known parables together, the prodigal son, cannot fully experience the Father's love until he has walked the Jericho Road with the Good Samaritan. We have one of our greatest contributions and opportunities to be with God through loving service to others in worship. But our spirits begin to dry when we fail to understand and appreciate and act on this paradox. Legend has it that when Cornwallis, the British general, surrendered to George, General George Washington in ending the American Revolutionary War, the British 
Drummers played a popular song at the time entitled, Let the World Be Turned Upside Down. Lord, amidst the many upside down things that are occurring in the world, we pray that you help us to walk right side up in obedience with every head bowed and every eye closed and those by way of our many means of communication. May we repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you for 2022 and the many blessings. And as we enter into 2023, forgive our sins. Come into our hearts and lives. Be our Redeemer, our Savior, as we obediently walk with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. As the ushers come this morning and wait upon you for your tithes and offerings, what we're going to do uh, since we're on the Lord's Supper is that we receive the communion elements at the front of the church. You may take as much time as you want to, to kneel. Our first communion service of the, the year is Sunday. And let us prepare for Holy Communion by turning in our, our United Methodist hymnals, in our purple hymnals, pages 9 to 11, please. Okay, now page 9, we'll find it. Thanksgiving and communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your arms. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through our prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending thanks.
they received the elements of that scary blanket they were consisting and passing out those elements. You can take as much time as you want. You should go choose a meal or you go choose a stand and just keep looking. Savior, 
who sleeps in a manger. It's in his holy name we pray. Amen. And let us turn to our offertory hymn. Another year is on red hymnals. Red hymnals number 568.
Juneteenth's vehicle and messed it all up. And Tina, I would like prayer for whoever thinks they, they need to do this to get fired. Whatever their motives are, I don't know. But we want people all over the place to pray for this particular person that they don't feel the need to go to this place of ridiculousness and violating other person's property. Um, we really want prayer to come down for that person that they don't see the need to do it again. Thank you. And as we close, let's extend our hands to Tom and ask that blessing. Father, we just bless Tom. That was nearly 102 years that his mother walked the earth and the tremendous legacy she's left. We pray that we may honor her this coming week. Bless Tom and his loved ones, his family, continue to strengthen him with that emptiness that he feels. He does realize that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, that we have this hope. Ethel sleeping and jumping and praising the Lord with her husband Jim and all those who have gone on before her. In Jesus' name, and we ask your blessing upon our food and our fellowship in honor of Ethel and honor of the new year that you granted us. Bless and minister to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.